You're listening to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast with your host, Melody Spencer, a show where female entrepreneurs get radically honest about life and business. Today's episode is sponsored by Swiftly Social Digital Marketing. Swiftly Social helps people create a heart-centered digital marketing and Facebook ads strategy that gets you results. For a free video tutorial on how to grow your Facebook following by 10,000 or more, visit swiftlysocial.com. Hey guys, welcome to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. I'm your host, Melody Spencer, and I'm super excited to have Shelly here today. So Shelly is a registered dietitian and nutritionist, and she's going to tell us all about how she uses food and physical activity um, to create sustainable energy for her clients. So welcome, Shelly. Thanks, Melody. Glad to be here today. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about you and what you do. Well, as you said, I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist, and that is a credential or a degree that I have. So I have a bachelor's degree in nutrition. I have a master's degree in nutrition. And it is something that I have been doing not quite 20 years. I became a registered dietitian in 1999, and I work in the I've always worked in the area of wellness. So I've, I've never worked in a hospital outside of my internship. Um, and that's nothing, anything to say. That just happens to be what my journey was. So when I say wellness, I mostly have always worked with people to help them keep from getting sick or help them manage a disease, a chronic disease they may have through nutrition. And um, that's, that's always been my focus is the wellness aspect of nutrition. Yeah, that's super important because I think so many people want quick fixes, but wellness and food and energy all go hand in hand. I know from working with some people in your field as well, that that is super important and we kind of take it for granted um, in our daily lives. Oh yeah, a lot of people sometimes, I, I should say a lot of people sometimes, I find that a lot of times people don't think about their nutrition until after they're sick mm-hmm. and what they can do. When I say sick, I'm talking about chronic diseases like high blood pressure or diabetes or maybe even cancer or something like that. And then they think about adjusting their diet to deal with the disease they already have. But in a lot of cases, we can really reduce the risk or in some cases prevent the disease from even happening with with a healthy lifestyle. So when I say food and nutrition, it's just one component of self-care, stress management, uh, regular physical activity, along with just some of the more obvious things of not smoking and wearing a helmet, wearing your seatbelt, that's a whole other aspect of it. But I, I really find it disheartening when people say, well, I'll change my diet when I get sick. I've known some people who were literally waiting for the results of a test and they were like thinking about changing their diet or changing their lifestyle, but they were waiting for the actual results of their test. <laughs> it's like, why wait? Why not change it now? And it's, it, I think a lot of times people feel daunted by this idea yeah. that they're going to have to do something that they don't want to do or, you know, not be allowed to eat certain things, which is not my approach at all, but um, really help with their overall health yeah. and you know, feeling better. 
Yeah, I think it's scary for people to make a change. I mean, you can know in your head and your heart that it's going to be better for you, but no one likes to disrupt their patterns. (laughs) Oh, no, no, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to stay on the, on the, on the pattern we're on, even though it may be um, toxic or not the best, not the best for us, um, but it's the comfort zone, I think. Yeah. So how did you um, get into owning your own business? So you decided not to go to work for a hospital or something like that. How did you decide you were going to do what you do on your own terms? Well, even though I said I didn't work for a hospital, that just happened to be an area that I did not go into. I worked, um, I I say, in uh, wellness for 13 years. I worked at the university that I graduated from. So I was a student at the university for many years, as most of us end up (laughs) And then right about the time I was finishing my internship, so I had a nine-month internship right about the time I was finishing my internship, actually literally the day I finished my internship, um, the dietitian who had been with the wellness program at the university said, I'm leaving to go somewhere else. You should apply for this job. So I started the following Monday as a student employee. So um, I finished my program to become a dietitian. I was continuing with graduate school, so I was like, why not work at the university where I'm going to school? Mm -hmm. So it was a worksite wellness program for the faculty and staff of the university, and I stayed there. I started there while I was in graduate school, and I worked there for 13 years. So I finished my degree pretty quickly, but I became a full-time staff person at the university um, in the wellness program, and there's two aspects of this. And this is a pretty open, open thing. I'm pretty open with this. I loved what I did. I loved what I did for the people I served. I did not like the people I worked for. (laughs) It was a pretty toxic environment. And um, I, I, I say this hesitantly because I don't want to undermine the people who are in this situation, but I say it was often like an abusive relationship. You know you should leave but you don't want to leave the security of the situation. And it was a lot of struggle uh, because um, my, my husband and I had some goals at the time. And basically again, not, not no secret here is my entire income was going to pay off our house. And I wanted to leave for many years, but my, the bigger goal for me at least was to get the house paid off. Um, So, Literally the day I, I wire transferred our last payment for our house was the same day I put in my two weeks notice. Oh, wow. And my husband said to me, I don't know why you didn't quit earlier. And I'm like, because, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> we wanted this to be out. We just wanted that to be done. But in hindsight, he would have supported me leaving earlier. Um, but that was my that was my thing is I wanted to have that thing done. So then I was like, okay, I can go do this on my own. Now, I do have to say that one thing, um, which was the naive part of me, is that I had some celebrity at the university where I was, so people knew to come to me for nutrition things, Mm -hmm. because I was the only dietitian doing that that particular job. We had a group of six of us, but we were multidisciplinary, so different, different roles we all had. And so when I left, I had this idea that 
I would have the same following out on my own, <laughs> so, which is, is my own, my own ignorance on that aspect. Um, and it takes time to still build up your following when you go out on your own. Mm-hmm. So I still do wellness. I have that wellness aspect. Um, and as you had said, when you introduced, really what I do is I help people have more all day energy by adjusting their diet appropriately. Uh, but it's taken some time to evolve on this. But I have to say, while I don't have a boss in the same sense I did at the university, I say I sometimes am much harder on myself <laughs> yeah. and critiquing myself than I was um, at the university in, in, that, in that program. But at the same time, um, there's a lot less red tape. So if I have an idea this morning, I can implement it tomorrow Yeah. if I want to. Nobody's telling me not to now. I still have to go through the trials and errors of, you know, editing my own work and promoting it and not having a whole team behind us promoting the program. But it's still nicer in some aspects just to be able to roll with an idea when I want to and not have 14 people tell me I can or cannot do it three weeks later. Yeah, that's so true. I have had that same feeling working for myself is, I don't know about you, but I'm a perfectionist and I'm super hard on myself. So if I make a mistake or something doesn't work, I just beat myself up. And I I would never have done that. I mean, I did do that a little bit in other jobs, but not as much was on the line if I didn't complete it or do it or whatever it wasn't as big of a deal because my whole job my whole money my whole livelihood was not on the line it was just okay that didn't work out too bad for this company (laughs) right yeah and I do have the perfectionist part of me I had a virtual summit back in May and oh my gosh the the uh, recordings weren't working the first day. It was a four, it was a one hour over the course of four days. And the first day the recordings weren't working, I was an absolute wreck. And I was a little bit over the top ranting at the end of the day. And my husband's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I look so unprofessional. And he's like, it's called life, babe. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. nobody else understands that I, I need this to work perfectly every time and he's like well you got tomorrow I'm like I, I can't live with this <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think that you know most of the women that I've talked to on this podcast are the same as us like I think there's just a certain type of person that wants to own their own business that wants to be an entrepreneur and it's usually Women who are very hard on themselves, women who are very perfectionist type A, organized, um, because we get shit done. But, yeah. but we also, it's a double-edged sword. Also, we are so hard on each other. We're so anxious. We're so in our heads all the time. It's hard to step away from work because you just care so deeply about your clients and your customers and what you're doing. It's Do you have any way that you separate those things for yourself and kind of give yourself some grace? Uh, (laughs) That's a tough one because I have, I I often refer to the two voices in my head. The one that says, you've got to have this perfect. You've got to have this just right. You can't have a single typo or misspelling or anything like that. And the other person's like, 
uh, people will love that you're an actual human and you aren't perfect. So I do struggle with the two voices, which I sometimes think that sounds weird when I say the two voices, but no, it people, doesn't. That makes total sense. People will relate. <laughs> yeah, some of us relate better than others. Um, and I do have to say that I was talking with somebody who said, um, you know, the negative voice, give her, give her a name or give her a look. So, and part of me, I don't always do this, but I try as I had just seen the, um, the play Wicked. And so I had said the voice inside my head, um, the negative one is like the Wicked Witch of the West. Now <laughs> I saw the play Wicked. It's not quite that way, but, <laughs> but it's like, she's this horrible person and I just have to acknowledge her and then say, okay. Nobody's going to, if somebody doesn't come to you because you misspelled one word, that's not your client. Mm -hmm. But it is an ongoing, it is an ongoing struggle with those two sides of me. I just, I, I recognize that I should, but don't always get it done. Let it, I don't always let it go. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I've had you know, situations where I didn't get to an email fast enough because I got busy and I was working on a client thing and a potential client was reaching out to me and they're like, oh, I went with somebody else because they were faster. And I'm like, and I was like, oh no, I should have replied faster. And I'm like, no, I'm a human being. Like that wasn't the person for me if they couldn't wait a day to hear back from me. Right. So right. yeah, we're all human. It's okay. It's, we all have to have yeah. a little bit of grace for ourselves, which is hard, but it, right. it needs to be. And I think that there's a big step there in acknowledging that we need that grace and acknowledging that it's okay to not be perfect. That's actually been a huge step for me, Melody, is just being like, okay, it's okay to not be perfect. That was a, a big first, first mm -hmm. and ongoing step here, which seems for some people like you said for some of us those of us who are the type a we can we can see this in ourselves and in others and it's like i would not not i would not ignore you because you misspelled a single word but at the same time i totally think that's what people would do to me which is ridiculous but um you know like i said yeah. some people will get it some people won't so has that been your biggest challenge, just dealing with those inner thought gremlins? Or like what what has been the toughest thing about working for yourself? I have to say is the toughest thing about working my for myself, there's there's two facets of this is um really getting through to people, reaching people where they are. And one, I love that we have social media now, mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes I get stuck in that as being the only place I look um, for people. So really marketing's not my forte. Talking about myself is not really my forte, but that's one of my challenges. The other part is um, preconceived ideas people have about me. And I'm realizing this more and more is that, um, and I'm still learning this about what I do for a living in that when I say I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist, People have their preconceived ideas of what that is and what I do and how I am. Mm -hmm. And um, I have to tell that, first of all, I need to acknowledge that's something that happens. And then second, get people to understand who I am. If, if they're interested in me, get them to understand who I am and my approach. So 
people tend to think of dietitian, the word dietitian having the word diet in it, that I'm going to be putting everybody on a diet or I only work with people for weight loss, which is not, none of those things are true. Neither one of those things are true, but people need to get past that. And I needed to acknowledge that and, and help people understand more about me, but that's not what I do. I don't put people on diets. I'm not all about weight loss. I'm all about health, wellness, feeling better. And if that happens to be a side effect, great. But people judging me because they see me drinking a cup of coffee or <laughs> having a brownie, like I'm still human, by the way. <laughs> so those are the two big things is getting, helping people get past my job title or my credential to know what I do for them. And then the other part is that marketing aspect. That is just not my thing. I love talking about what I do, but putting it out there has just been challenging for me. Yeah, that's uh, 99% of my clients who end up working with me say the same thing. They're like, oh, I love what I do. I hate marketing. And I'm like, that's why I'm all about hiring experts, giving people who do what you hate doing, who have a different zone of genius than you, giving them that, because it takes so much pressure off your shoulders to do everything. You, you don't right. have to be all things to all people. You can just focus on what you love doing, which is helping people. Right, yeah. right. And I'm like, I have, I have a client, I have a client I want to help today, but I want clients tomorrow, so I better do the marketing today mm-hmm. to get the client for tomorrow, but I still have a client. So like I said, I'm the dietitian first. I'm here, like you said, I'm here to help people, but people don't hear about me. So that's, it, it's, it's nice to have these collaborations with others that I can, you know, I can outsource or talk to people about outsourcing what is not my area of expertise so I can focus on my area of expertise. Well, and I'm glad that you know that because so many people I talk to don't understand that. They just think, well, I can do it all. It's that fallacy of like women, we can do it all, be it all, which is we can do a lot, but it's not healthy (laughs) to do it all. We don't have to. You can give away some of that busy work, some of that stuff you hate doing because you're going to be a better businesswoman, a better wife, a better mother, a better sister, a better girlfriend, whatever. If right. you don't do everything in the freaking world. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And that's just, and I think that's hard um, because um, as we go through this endless cycle, it's like, well, I need a client so I can pay the person that I want to outsource to, but I can't get a client until I get the marketing out there. So it's like the, the chicken and the egg thing. And it's like a lot of times it's hard to take that step and say, okay, I can outsource these five things. I can do it, but somebody else could do it better. And I would actually make more money, get more clients by outsourcing these tasks to an expert. Yeah, to the person. Exactly. Yeah. So what kind of process do you work through with your clients to help them feel better in their own bodies? That's something where um I I have I have the this um 
tool that I've developed in the last several months is helping people have more energy. And my primary focus is women. And I say women at the midpoint of life, however that is defined for the woman. Mm-hmm. And what I ask them is when I, I call it the, my customized nutrition blueprint assessment. And I ask them, what are their goals? Because a lot of times people want me to set goals for them. And I'm like, I'm not you. <laughs> so right. You need to tell me what you want. And when I say I help women have more all day energy, and my primary focus is not weight loss for people. Now, if they want to lose weight, that's, that's fine. But I have to remind them, let's talk about whether society is dictating they need to lose weight or whether their health is dictating whether they need to lose weight. Because usually it's society and it's not a need. It's a desire uh, versus health where that's a whole different ballgame there. But when I help women, this process, so the Nutrition Blueprint They answer a series of questions and I help them set up a structure or a roadmap or a blueprint for their day on how to eat throughout the day. And I tell them once I deliver the blueprint to them, and it's really a collaboration. So they tell me a lot about themselves. I talk to them about specific desires. And one of the questions I ask is, what is your one non-negotiable food? And if it's chocolate, it's built into the blueprint. If it's sweets in general, if it's ice cream, if it's they want their chips, that's built into the blueprint. But what is different from what I do is people want a specific meal plan. And I tell them, hey, so what if your girlfriend invites you to go out to lunch on Friday? What are you going to (laughs) do? Or what if you want to go on a weekend getaway? What are you going to do? So when I say I do a blueprint, I list food groups and general time, a general outline of a day on what types of foods to choose rather than saying, have this specific food for breakfast, this specific food for lunch. It's more of have these types. And a common thing, two big things that I hear most often is I didn't have to go grocery shopping. I just had to open my fridge and they were able to choose foods that were in there. And then second, I ask them, when I deliver the blueprint to them, I ask them to follow it um, pretty closely for five days, minimum. And then I talk to them for five days. Uh, I mean, sorry, I don't talk to them for five days. I talk to them at the end of their five days. (laughs) So, and most of the time, it was their, their energy levels changed the first couple days. They felt better. I had one client who got the blueprint on Monday, had a four-hour government-led meeting, meaning I'm just saying it was a boring meeting, and they had (laughs) no problem staying awake throughout the whole meeting. They were fine. And so when I say energy, it's and I use the term fueling, and I use a car analogy a lot, but we want to have enough fuel, the right type of fuel, and the right timing of fuel And that's usually one or a combination of those three things that are off Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. And once they start fueling the body properly, they feel better. And so when I say energy, they're not having the afternoon tiredness, slump, and not feeling starving in the evening or have this feeling of hunger all the time, but also not feeling deprived. 
So that's the first step of the process. And that seems like that was a long, <laughs> long way of explaining how I help people initially. And then after that, there's a few options people have, but I work with them on going to um, work towards their long-term goals. So not just having the energy, but if they want to change their weight, that's something that could be, could be is integrated into it or if they want to reduce their risk or manage a chronic disease they have. So high blood pressure and type 2 diabetes are the two most common things that people are on the border of having when I work with them. And a lot of times we can really bring that back to where that it's a normalized level. So there's various ways we can go with it after the initial assessment, but uh, very often people feel better about uh, it's just a matter of how they're eating within a couple of days. Two things I want to mention though, because I used to tell people I help you feel better and people are like, but I don't feel bad. And I was realizing I was implying that they felt bad, but a lot of times people don't realize they could have more energy or feel better when they adjust their eating. And then um, the other thing is helping people get rid of the baggage from previous diets. So a client was recently telling me that she, she was eating her ice cream and she felt bad. She felt guilty. She felt she shouldn't be doing it. And so she was trying to really cut back on it. And I told her, so why are you feeling that you shouldn't have the ice cream? Because I didn't put that. I actually had included her treat each night. And she was like, oh, you're right. You did. It was something she was carrying with her from previous experiences that she shouldn't be having this. She felt guilty about it when, in fact, I had built it in for her. And she was like, wow, <laughs> okay. So helping people letting go of the history, their diet yeah. history, so to speak. Yeah, mindset is a huge uh, piece of wellness I've discovered. And learning how to love yourself no matter what size you are, no matter – you know, if you gain weight, if you lose weight, just we have all that programming, especially women, around body image and learning to let that go and just kind of heal from that is huge. Yeah, and I have to say, um, I this is something, and I again, this is no secret, years ago, um, 10 years ago, I was the person who was on my app or on my, I had a Palm Pilot that had a food tracking app. And we'd be out to dinner and my husband would say, well, do you want dessert? And I'd be like, hold up, let me check. And see if I could afford those calories that day. And I was, I tracked food like crazy. And it's not something I recommend anymore. Um, it's something I don't do anymore. And it's such a relief to be able to just eat without having this sense of, oh, I'm going over my calorie budget for the day. So I will just put it out there. I was there. I was there. I was that person who was being a crazy person and tracking everything. And I won't say that I was unhappy. I was actually, um, I was fine with it because I thought that was how things were. So I have evolved myself as a person as well as a professional and recognizing there's no one size fits all. And like you were saying, I, I want people to understand that weight is merely a number 
related to gravity. <laughs> so, yeah. and, and, and health is so much more important than some arbitrary number that we assign to ourselves. Yeah, so true. So yeah. as we wrap up, where can people find you if they'd like to work with you and learn more about you? Well, I have my website, ShellyRael.com. So it's S-H-E-L-L-E-Y-R-A-E-L. And I do, if you misspell it, it should reload to the correct place because I bought all those <laughs> <laughs> just in case correctly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on social social media, many of the social medias. Um I have adopt I was an early adopter on a lot of them. So my handle most places is Shell Rael, S-H-E-L-R-A-E-L, so Instagram and Twitter. Um on my on Facebook, I have my business pages, eat well dot live well dot be well. And um I, I, I have webinars um, every quarter. So I have one um, the month of August, um, the quest for energy. That's where I talk about fueling. And then I have another one in September called eating is not cheating. So those are free webinars that I offer, but um, I do work virtually with people. So uh, I, I, no matter where people are, we, I, I take away the barrier of having to come to an office or drive some more fine parking. So, and time zones aren't an issue either. But that's how most people can find me. I'd say my website because that's where people can find most information about me and just contact me directly. Great. Well, we'll definitely put that in the show notes. Shelly, it was so amazing to talk to you, and I hope that everybody gets as much out of it as I did. Thanks, Melody. Thanks so much for having me and doing this podcast. I love uh, the interviews you have with the various women you've been interviewing. Thank you. It's, I've gotten a lot of good feedback and I think it's just going to continue to grow because it's something needed in this space. So, yeah. yeah. I agree. <laughs> All right. Thanks, thanks so much, for Melody. Guys. Bye. Thank you for joining me for the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. To learn more about me, Melody Spencer, and the show, please visit swiftlysocial.com.